as they led him away they seized simon from cyrene who was on his way in from the country and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind jesus a large number of people followed him including women who mourned and wailed for him jesus turned and said to them daughters of jerusalem do not wait for me wait for yourselves and for your children the time will come when you will say blessed are the barren women the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed then they will say to the mountains fall on us and to the hills cover us for if men do these things when the tree is green what will happen when it is dry two other men both criminals were also led out with him to be executed when they came to the place called the skull where they crucified him along with the criminals one on his right the other on his left jesus said father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him they said he saved others let him save himself if he is the christ of god the chosen one the soldiers also came up and mocked him they offered him wine vinegar and said if you are the king of the jews save yourself there was a written notice above him which read this is the king of the jews one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him aren't you the christ save yourself and us but the other criminal rebuked him don't you fear god he said since you are under the same sentence we are punished justly for what we for we are getting what our deeds deserve but this man has done nothing wrong then he said jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom jesus answered him i tell you the truth today you will be with me in paradise it was now about the sixth hour and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two jesus cried out in a loud voice father into your hands i commit my spirit when he had said this he breathed his last the centurion seeing what had happened praised god and said surely this was a righteous man when all the people who were gathered to witness this sight that took place they beat their breasts and ran away for all those who knew him including the women who had followed him from galilee stood at a distance watching these things thank you musicians and uh good morning everybody a very happy good friday uh to you today isn't it great to come together specifically to uh consider what uh, god has done for us in christ and uh as i look out amongst you i know uh, notice a number of visitors and newcomers a very very special warm welcome uh to you today and uh we trust that it'll be a very encouraging and helpful time for you as peter mentioned earlier please stay afterwards uh for morning tea out in the uh the courtyard outside uh so that we can continue to fellowship with one another well there's been um a number of uh stories of uh natural disaster and tragedy that have happened uh, uh in the course of the last few months and uh in the midst of tragedy uh there are the occasional good news stories that emerge uh, stories of sacrifice courage and rescue 
Uh, there was a story uh, just like that which emerged from the rubble of the medieval town of L'Aquila in Italy just over the last few days. Uh, the Italian earthquake has been quite a tragedy, but uh, a good news story emerged about a uh, young 20-year-old communications and computer science student named Eleonora Casolini. Uh, she lived in the town of uh, L'Aquila, and uh, she was asleep in her bed on that uh, fateful morning. I think it was 3.32 o'clock in the morning local time uh, when <coughs> the earthquake hit. <coughs> and in a matter of seconds, the five-storey apartment building that she lived in uh, was flattened. It was reduced to rubble. For Eleonora, uh, for two whole days, uh, she was trapped underneath a collapsed building. She was kept alive because uh, as the building collapsed, there were two uh, metal, uh, two concrete rather, beams which uh, fell down uh, above where she was and they actually uh, caused other things to fall on top of them, but that created a, cap a, a, a cavity uh, by which she could continue to live. But she had no food, she had no water, uh, she barely had enough air, and uh, to add to her difficulties, one of her uh, legs was pinned to the ground by another uh, concrete uh, pillar that had fallen. And so, in other words, there was no chance in the world that she could do anything to save herself from her situation. Uh, when the rescuers detected the faint signs of life underneath, uh, the mass of concrete and steel, which used to be her home, they put their own lives uh, on the line in order to save hers. Uh, it was an extremely dangerous operation because one small aftershock, and there's been a few of those, uh, could have brought the rest of the building down on top of the people who were trying to rescue her. And that nearly happened. Uh, the police lieutenant who was on the scene recalled that just after, just as the firefighters crawled in uh, to rescue her, he said, my quote, the earth shook anew and panic struck. We feared the worst, he said. But the good news was, that uh, wearing her nightgown, she was pulled out alive by the rescuers. And uh, what I found was interesting was that when her, her family lived some distance away, but when they were uh, contacted and told of the rescue by telephone, her grandfather said that as all of the neighbours jammed into their little Italian house in order to celebrate, he said, we were hitting our heads with joy. Now, I can imagine jumping up and down for joy. I can imagine hugging each other and kissing each other for joy, but hitting your head for joy, it just seems a little bit counterproductive, doesn't it? But anyway, it's a good news story from Italy. We love a good rescue story, don't we? Uh, the person who cannot save themselves, uh, the rescuers prepared to lose their life to save others, these are the stories which are worth celebrating. And that, my friends, is why we're here today. Because, friends, Good Friday 
is all about a rescue operation, God's rescue operation. On your uh, service sheet, uh, you've, we've printed the record of the first Good Friday as it is ta- taught to us by the, uh, the Bible writer, uh, who was also a doctor, who was also an historian, by the name of Luke. And in that passage, Luke tells us of three men who were in a terrible predicament. Uh, They weren't in difficulty because of any natural disaster. Rather, each one of them had been arrested by the Roman authorities and they were about to be executed. All three have been nailed to wooden crosses. And in the middle is the man Jesus. There are two criminals, uh, one on Jesus' left, the other on Jesus' right. Now, Jesus had been sentenced to, to death, but the intriguing thing here is that the court had actually acquitted him. Uh, the, uh, the ruler had said, I found, find no guilt in this man. But the other two were guilty. They were thieves. There's little doubt about that. In fact, uh, if you scan your eyes down to uh, verse 41, we can eavesdrop on the conversation that took place between these two thieves as they hang on the cross, admitting uh, their guilt. You see, one of the thieves uh, was having a go at uh, Jesus uh, and the other one had been um, having a go at him for mocking Jesus. Let's listen in for a moment at the conversation between these two thieves in verse 40. 40, He says, But the other criminal rebuked him, that is, he rebuked the criminal, and he said, Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. They were guilty, Jesus was innocent. Now, the Romans could have used other methods to execute prisoners. Uh, There's plenty of ways of uh, killing people. But they chose crucifixion because crucifixion made a statement. It was very public. Uh, In this case, it was high on a hill. These men had been uh, stripped in Jesus' case, uh, he had been uh, savagely beaten. These men had been stretched out uh, upon a cross as it lay uh, on the ground and they had been nailed hand and foot to that cross. Every limb was secured and then the cross was lifted up from the ground uh, vertically. It was lifted up so that they could die a slow, painful and a very public death. Crucifixion showed everybody who was boss. It showed the victim to be completely helpless. And if the victim uh, was to be saved, it would take somebody else to do it. There was nothing that the victim could do to save himself. But friends, the Bible teaches us that in a very real sense that you and I are also in a helpless situation. 
We need someone to save us. Now, that that may seem like a very strange thing to say. Um, As I look out on you this morning, you don't look particularly helpless. Uh, You don't look like you're in a difficult situation. Uh, We may not be helplessly trapped under rubble as Eleonora Casolini was. Uh, We may not be in trouble like those thieves who were hanging on a cross. But nevertheless, we are trapped. And unless we realise that, we'll we'll actually never understand the true meaning of Good Friday. Now, um, those of you who know me know that I'm a uh, bit of a news junkie. Uh, I uh, tend to read the online newspapers just about every day and uh, I uh, cram in as uh, many TV news programs as my um, schedule allows me to do. But you don't have to be a news junkie. Uh, You don't have to read the newspaper every day. Uh, You only have to read the newspaper once a month to see that we humans just don't live the way that God intended us to live, do we? I mean, I... uh, Looked at the paper yesterday, uh, the online version of the Sydney Morning Herald, and uh, the uh, front section of that had articles about a carjacking gang. There was uh, someone who was stalking an American Idol celebrity was in court for doing that. There was a there was a man who was in court for killing uh, another man because the other man was watering his grass when the council had applied water restrictions. All right. Um, the news there is don't water your grass when there's restrictions on. Uh, there was a story about pirates attacking an American ship. Uh, there was someone who had assaulted a, their psychologist, was in trouble. It's, it's not good, is it? And, and that was actually just the front one, th- the top one third of the uh, the page. But it's not just the world, world at large uh, which isn't right. When we think about uh, ourselves and how we conduct our own relationships, when we honestly look at our private motives and our hidden thoughts, we know that we don't live the way that God intended either, do we? You know what this is, don't you? It's a DVD. I want you to imagine... That this on this DVD is recorded your private thought life over the last week. Now let's just pick the last 24 hours. Okay, everything you've thought over the last 24 hours is recorded on this DVD. Now over there we've got a laptop computer. What uh, say? I go and put this DVD inside the laptop computer. There's a little cord attaching the laptop computer to the projector up there, which displays things on it. Would this be a good time to uh, show to everybody the, uh, your private thought life over the last 24 hours? Would you like me to do that? I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable about that? <laughs> okay, someone said yes, here we go. <laughs> I tell you, I wouldn't feel particularly comfortable about that because I know the sin in my own heart uh, and my thoughts reflect that. To be honest, we all have a problem, don't we? And the Bible uh, diagnoses our problem as sin. 
Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, each one of us has turned away from God. Now, that doesn't mean that we, we, we don't believe that God exists. Uh, it doesn't mean that we shake our fists at God and are angry at God. No, what it does mean is that we don't love our Creator, we don't obey our Creator in the way that we should. In a sense, we have rebelled against God because we prefer to live our lives our way and pay scant regard to the one who has made us. Now, the Bible calls that rebellion against him sin. And we have an even greater problem. Our problem is that because of God's perfect character, that he can't tolerate sin. And our sin must be punished by God. Which means that we all deserve the judgment of God. Every one of us. And there's nothing that we can do about that. We can try to be good people, but you know that that doesn't actually mean that you're not going to have sinful attitudes and sinful thoughts. We can try coming to church. We can try being religious. We can try doing ceremonies but nothing can actually change what's going on inside our hearts. We're heading towards punishment. We can't do anything about it. We need somebody else to save us. We need a rescue plan. Now, let's think about rescue plans for a moment because there was a few rescue plans which were thought up uh, whilst Jesus was hanging on the cross. Um... You see, Jesus' enemies, the people who hated him, they suggested some rescue plans for Jesus. Let's have a look at some of them, shall we? Um, first of all, there were the religious authorities who really hated Jesus. Uh, verse 35, let me read that to you. It says, the, the people stood watching and the rulers, that's the religious rulers, even sneered at him. They said, he saved others... Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. That was the religious leaders. Uh, the soldiers had a plan for Jesus as well. Uh, we see it in verse uh, 36. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. One of the criminals put forward a plan too. Verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Now you see, they're enjoying this. They're not serious about it. They thought that Jesus was a joke. Pathetic, um, pitiful, naked, nailed to a cross. He had claimed to be the Son of God. But look at him now. But there is one man who put forward a different rescue plan. For there was another thief on a cross. And in verse 42, he turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And friends, do you see what Jesus promised him? Then Jesus said, Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, 
Today you will be with me in paradise. He wouldn't be rescued from crucifixion. He would be rescued from the judgment and the punishment of God. In verses 44 to 45, Luke tells us that the sky literally turned black for three hours. Now, the astronomers, of course, uh, they argue about uh, what caused this. Was it a, uh, an eclipse of the sun or whatever? But the spiritual significance of this is beyond dispute. What it's telling us is that God's rescue operation involved a great cost. How did God rescue you and me from the penalty for our sin? I don't know if you saw this news item, but a couple of weeks ago uh, there was a uh, it was reported that there was a young woman in Guangzhou in China who fell from a seventh seventh story building. Now, most likely she would have died, except for a young man who loved her, who was on the ground, who saw what was happening. And as she fell from the building, he reached out, he opened his arms to catch her, to put his body between her body and the concrete. She lived. He died. When Jesus died on the cross, Jesus absorbed in himself the penalty for our sin, your sin. I sin. He was punished in our place. Your place. My place. There's a passage in the Bible that says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. At that moment as Jesus died on the cross, as the sky turned black, God, his heavenly Father, looked down on Jesus and viewed Jesus who had never sinned, as if he was the sinner. And the punishment for sin was poured out on him instead of upon us. It was a dark hour. As Jesus hung on the cross, they laughed at him. They said, if you are the Son of God, step down from the cross and save yourself. Well, friends, to be honest, he could have done that. He could have saved himself. But have a look at verse 46. Verse 46 says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. They told Jesus to save himself, but he did the opposite. He actually committed himself to die so that others, sinful people like you and me, could be saved. He took our place. He was punished so that we could be forgiven. Now, when the Italian rescuers uh, detected Eleonora Casolini deep in the rubble, they had to dig for almost a full day with uh, heavy machinery 
uh, to clear away the rubble so that they could get to that girl to help her. And when that, can you imagine the scene um, when the rescuers finally were able to reach out their hands, reach through their hands and grab hold of her hand? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine her reaction to that? Now, I don't imagine that she would have said to them, look, um, thanks, fellas, but I'm okay. I've been working pretty hard here to dig my way out and I reckon I can do it. I mean, that would be foolish, wouldn't it? It would be foolish. She knew she was helpless. She knew she needed a saviour. It would be foolish to reject their help. Friends, it would be foolish of us to reject God's help. We need to... God has offered you and me a rescue plan and we need to accept his offer. On that first Good Friday, there was only one person who we know for sure was saved and that was the man who didn't go and tell Jesus to save himself. The thief on the cross knew that in the life to come, Jesus was the only one who offered him hope. And so, like Eleonora Castellini, he, in a sense, figuratively, squeezed the hand of the Saviour. He trusted Jesus. He accepted the gift of God, salvation and eternal life. Now, what about you? Have you trusted that the death of Jesus on the cross has paid the penalty for your sin? Have you asked God to change you so that you might stop living for yourself and start living for him who loved you, who sent his son to die for you? Have you received his gift of forgiveness and life with him in paradise? I wonder if this uh, Good Friday might be a good time for you to do that. Indeed, if you would like to think even further about this matter, uh, perhaps uh, you'd like to read more about the life of Jesus, then uh, today I'd like to offer to give you a free gift as you leave on the tables at the entrances to to the church. There's a little booklet called The Essential Jesus. I'd like you to feel free to take one of those Uh, own that for yourself, to read it and to learn more about this one who came and died for you on this Good Friday. I'm going to lead you in prayer now and uh, as we pray, I'm going to be uh, uh, on your behalf uh, confessing our sin to God, thanking God for what he's done for us in Jesus and asking God that he would change us so that we would live with him as the ruler of our lives. Let us bow in prayer. Father, we acknowledge today that we are sinful people and that we have been trapped in our sinful nature and its consequences. We do not deserve your offer of salvation. We thank you that Jesus, by his sacrifice on the cross, has died to rescue each one of us. 
Please forgive us and change us that we might live with Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. And we pray these things in his name. Amen.